Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. The witness part seven. Okay, let's talk about a clear time. What that looks like and how we develop. How we uh, develop the clear. Okay. So let's start with Acts chapter 24, verse 16. I'll bring more verse to the teaching. If you read, I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense towards God and towards men, void of offense. Paul says here he strives, he exercises. I cannot be saying strive, but he says the King James here, I exercise. He works at it to make sure that his conscience is void of offense towards God and towards men. Pull that up in the NIV, please. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. To keep my conscience clear before God and man. So in keeping our conscience clear before God and man, uh, we mainly have to avoid offering. Okay? Uh, we have to make sure that we do not get offended towards God and towards man. Okay? To keep our conscience clear. Now put that back in our key please. Uh, so, the Bible gives different uh, descriptions of different types of conscience. Okay? I'm going to give you eight. Uh, the first one is called defiled conscience. Now remember, we know that the conscience is the voice of the spirit. All right, we have a voice of our soulish realm, which is about reasoning, the voice of the flesh, feeling, and the voice of the spirit is conscience. Okay. So the Bible talks about a defiled conscience. We're going to touch on that a little bit tonight. Also, a weak conscience. A seared conscience. Seared. S-E-A-R-E-D. Number four, a guilty conscience. Number five, uh, evil conscience. Now, when we talk about evil conscience, we got to talk about uh, being hurtful, harmful, and damaging. Number six is a good conscience. 
Number seven up here are conscious. And number eight, a clear conscience. So the Bible talks about the defiled conscience, weak conscience, feared conscience, guilty conscience, evil conscience, good conscience, pure conscience, and clear conscience. So I'm talking about not even clear conscience. So when we talk about a clear conscience, that also aligns up with a good conscience and a pure conscience. Okay? A good, clean, clear conscience. Okay? Acts 23 and 1. And Paul earnestly beholding the council saying, men and brethren have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. First Timothy 1 and 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. Out of a pure heart. That word pure there in the Greek means to be, to be clean, a clean heart. Okay? A pure conscience is a clean conscience. Okay? So he says, uh, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure or clean heart and of a good conscience. So a pure heart or a pure conscience or a clean conscience is a good conscience. Okay? And of faith unfeigned. Hebrews 13 and 18. So the question is, what is a good conscience? A good conscience is a clean conscience or a pure conscience. Okay. Uh, Hebrews 13 18 says, pray for us, but we trust, but we trust we have a good conscience or a pure conscience or a clean conscience and all things willing to live honestly. Okay. So a good conscience is a pure Conscious or a clean conscience. And we have to make sure that our, our conscience is pure, it is clean. Okay, we have to make sure that our conscience is not defiled. Okay, when we talk about a defiled conscience, okay, a defiled, defiled means to be, to be smeared. Okay, a defiled conscience, to be smeared. Oh, we can say a, a dirty. So we talk about dirty conscience, we're not talking about a pornography and, and company, even though it has to do with it, but uh, a, a conscience is uh, not believing. That's a defiled conscience. That's a dirty Having doubt, okay, unbelieving. Can be a defiled. We'll touch on more that later, but uh, let's go to First uh, Timothy chapter three, verse nine, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. That, like I said, that word "pure" means clean. Clean 
holding the mystery of the faith in a clean conscience. You can hold the mystery of the faith. Second uh, Timothy chapter one, verse three. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience or a clean conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayer night and day. Okay. So we see he's talking about having a pure conscience or a clean conscience. And so in having a clean conscience, we have to avoid offense towards God and towards man to help us to have a clean conscience, not a defiled conscience. Uh, is one and fifteen. Unto the pure, all things are pure. Unto the unto the clean, all things are clean. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, or unto them that are dirty and unbelieving, is nothing clean or nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled or dirty. So the opposite of a clean conscience is a defiled or dirty conscience. Okay? Uh, it says, but even their mind and conscience is defiled or dirty. And like I said earlier, uh, having a defiled, dirty conscience more than just cussing with it, it having unbelief, doubt, that constitute as a dirty conscience. All right, so you have unbelief, doubt, you are what you looked up. Okay. I mean, I know having doubt, unbelief, unto the faith that God said, the seven words, calls an offense to the God. Because now your conscience is dirty with fire. And Paul said, to make sure I have a clear conscience or a clean conscience. Okay. Um, yeah, Revelation 7 point. Now here in Revelation chapter 21, which we're looking at the holy city that was descending from heaven to this earth. This holy city is representing um, heaven and the kingdom of God and where God is. And heaven and where God is king, where the holy city is, there is no dirtiness. There's nothing defiled. Everything is clean. The reason why we have a we can have a defiled conscience is because of the curse, because of sin. In heaven, there is no dirtiness. There's no dust. There's no dirty floors. There's no dirty bodies. That's why we have to. We have to wash this thing here called the Bible. Why? Because we're under the curse. That's why. That's why you got dirty floors. 
dirty car. Right? In heaven is nothing, nothing defiled. They don't have dirty charity <laughs> in heaven. Okay? Right? Bella's not up there trying to clean our mansion. All right, all that is part of the curse. So just like we have dirtiness in the natural of the curse, that's why your conscience can be defiled and dirty because of the curse. That's why you have to strive to have a clear conscience. Right? So we see here in Revelation 21, it talks about this, uh, this new Jerusalem or this city coming down. It's saying the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pierced. Same Greek word of the scriptures we have just covered about here, being clean. And the city was pure gold, clean gold, dirty gold, clean gold, pure gold. Okay? What is it, what is it talking about? It's talking about no impurity. No impurity. It is uh it is transparent. This goal here, as you see from the city of heaven, is so clean and so clear you can look right through it. Okay. If you happen to transition to heaven before the trumpet sound Jesus come back. You'll get your glorified body, and your glorified body will be pure. It will be clean. It will be transparent. There's no defilement. All right? So in heaven, everything is clean. For all you uh, clean fanatics, you're going to love heaven. So everything is clean in heaven. There's no defilement. But here on earth, we got to strive to make sure we have a clean conscience. All right? So it says, and the city was pure and gold, like unto a clear glass. Read on. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was Jasper, the second Sapphire, the third Calpion, the fourth Emerald, and the fifth Sana, the sixth, so on. All right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so we see this. Uh, go back to uh, verse 18. And the building of the wall of this city was of Jasper. Okay, and it also talks, if you think I'm reading on it, talks about that one of the gates of this city was made out of pearl. Not, not, not mother's pearl, but a pearl. The gate was made out of a pearl. All right? So for those Christians who got problems with or issues with people talking about prosperity and the blessing of God, your conscience ain't good. The conscience ain't good. Because the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus has a girl 
that's made well more like a rapper. It's made out of gold. So if you got a problem with your Jesus and your soul on, you keep talk to him and get God, I, we serve a prophet God. You know, serve no power God. He serve a, He has a goal made out to one of the gates of his city is the gate now, not parts of the gate. The entire gate is made out of a power. So if you got issues with prosperity, then you can start. You might not, you might not like heaven. Maybe we can go just close downstairs. You know, they would be in there. You might fit in there because uh, you, you, you need to get a clean time. Because God, he's in the clean clean. Yeah. He's in the clean clean. I mean, how many of y'all two year old? Had a whole caravan of folks bringing them gold and frankincense and myrrh as a two year old. All right. So, with a clear conscience, with a clean conscience, we can under, we have no strife between God and between man. You talk about this pure being clean, there is no impurity. Okay. Now, when something is pure, it is clean. When something is clean, it is clear. Then you can see right through it. When something is pure, it is clean. Then when it is clean, it is clear. And when it's clear, you can see right through. Okay, so this is what Paul is talking about having a, a, a clear conscience. So the opposite of this is defiled, which means to be to be smeared. Uh, 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 a, a clean heart a clear heart means to be transparent. It means you can see right through. So when we have a clean heart, or clear conscience, people can see right through. When your conscience is a five, your conscience is very. Your defiled conscience can take you over to a seared conscience. What is a seared conscience? A seared conscience is where there, there was an attack in your conscience and you have over written times that God has given. But because you did not repent, now your conscience is here. It has 
and have the wounded, you are wounded in your consciousness. Okay, you are wounded. And what causes a, a fear of consciousness uh, to become wounded? Awful. So, if you are offended either towards God or towards man, you can't do it. But your conscience is defiled. Okay? So, defiled means uh, to be. Now, what is the whole purpose why we need to have this clear, pure, clean? Because we need to become tender. We need to become tender. Go to Hebrews 3, 7, 8. Uh, we do not want a defiled conscience. We want a clean conscience because a clean conscience will cause us to become a tender heart, a tender heart, not a hard heart, a tender heart to hear from God. Hebrews 3 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your heart as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness. Uh, for we are made partakers of Christ, and if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast at the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. As in the provocation. So he tells us this, that's not heart, not heart. Why? Because the hardening of the heart is resisting the dealing of the Lord. When we have a heart and heart, you are resisting God in dealing. Remember, we don't want to override our conscience. And when God brings it to your attention or convicts you about it, then we, we should be humble and repent. Why? Because we want our heart to become tender, not hard. We don't, we don't want to have a hard heart. Okay, because if we have a hard heart, as parents or adults, then we can teach our little ones who have innocent little spirits to become hardened. Most parents do that. You know, they they have a hard heart because of the things in life. And they didn't allow God to deal with them, so now their hearts are hard. And so now we have these innocent little spirits that are born to us that have a Heart. And now these parents are teaching the little spirits that have a hard heart. 
He didn't lose art. He uh, he different. And you just partly those little spirits are. So the word of God says we're supposed to have a clean heart so that we can have a tender heart. So a hardening of the heart is resisting the dealing of the Lord. A defiled heart is to be smeared, to be muddied, convoluted by ignoring it, overriding the conscience. Defile, regarding, fear. Okay? And so now your heart is not tender. So look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit of God with a hardened heart? With first with a defiled heart, a seared heart, and now a hardened heart is how we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And here he gives a wave of some, some natural understanding in the way how we uh, breathe the Holy Spirit through our defiled heart, heart and heart, fear heart. Let all bitterness. Now, he's given us a list of things that will grieve the Holy Spirit. It may not grieve your spouse. It may not grieve your pastor. It may not grieve your employer. But these things will show up. Read the Holy Spirit. He said, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all mouth. Why? Because those things will grieve the Holy Spirit. And the reason why you manifested those things because your heart is hard. Your heart is a fire. Your heart is not clean. Okay. So he said, grieve not. Be not. Now, this is what we're going to see that. Does not grieve the Holy Be ye kind one to another. What tender heart? Being kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Asking you, know, what they did. Do you want to stop reading the Holy Spirit? Yes. Forgive the one another. Forgive. Forgive one another. Forgive one another. 
even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. You know, I was on this Zoom call the other day, you know, quite And uh, I didn't, you know, I, I always hear this from Christmas, you know. You know, one thing I don't like about the church, so, you know, people don't forgive one another and love each other and all this kind of stuff, you know. So the uh, the moderator of the Zoom group asked me, Pastor Holloway, something about that. And I said, Well, you know, I've been hearing that for 30 some years. It is amazing that the individuals who feel that way, they are also participating with the folks who are acting that way. No, the young lady, she, she repented them. I said, when I thought I said, something from the spirit, the word of God says, we both forget one another. The way Christ will think of and they were right together. Hey, it's about stuff we don't do right with what God does. So, so I said instead of saying what these the people Christians ain't done. Why? Because that keeps my heart tender. It keeps my heart tender. Where I'm no longer grieving the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit can minister to my tender heart how to help those individuals who we think a door right. See, we think they ain't door right. God ain't got a problem with it. Why, why is that? Because God weighs the heart. We can't wait to We just look at the outward man and say, you know, we don't know what's wrong with them individuals. They why they are acting now. So if my heart is tender unto the Lord, forgetting them, then the Holy Spirit can minister to me how to serve them. Only a clean conscience can operate that way. Only a someone that you can see right through. As long as your heart is not defiled, God be able. That's it. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um, let's look at the in the scripture the illustration of this. Um, and then uh, we're going to get to this. I'm not going to read nothing. <laughs> there is always a there is always a way out. <laughs> All right, there's always a way out. God always gives us a way out. Jason said, "You back with us with my heart." Five. There's always a way out. Uh, first Samuel chapter twenty-four. Let's look at this. First Samuel. Now, just to set up what's going on here um, before we read the scriptures, King um, uh, Saul has been rejected by God. God fired him and said, You know, I'm going to be king. I already hired a new guy named David. 
Paul is upset. So Saul gets back 30,000 folks to go after David. All right, he, he wanted to get a bit of a chicken. He wanted to get you know, a chicken. Yeah, I mean, you know, how many of y'all say you know that all heart is a little bit biased? Who is there? So he's going after David, and David had, you know, had a few men with him. David, he has a few men with him and everything, and he follows after him. He wants to kill him, he wants to get rid of David. You know, he always put David in David's house. I take David out. All right. But now look at this. First Samuel chapter 24, verse 1 says, And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Injadah. Okay. All right. Then Saul took 3,000. 3,000. Three thousand. I have three, right? Yes, three, 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 three thousand. Chose the men out of all Israel and went to see David, and his men upon the rock of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep coast, by the way, where was a cave, and Saul went into the cave to see. And David his men. So David his men was already made in fact. It was already in the cave. It's all kind of with 3,000 soldiers in the cave looking for David. We got him. We got him. Right from us. Okay, verse 4. And the men of David said unto him, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thy enemy into thy hands. So, David men say, hey, this is what God prophesied, David, that one day God is going to deliver your enemy to you. So here Saul is here. This is a great opportunity. We can wipe him out. Okay? Because God said, God said that he will deliver thy enemies into thy own hands. So, what do we see here? We see here if our hearts are defiled, not clean, you can misinterpret the word of Lord. You can misinterpret. Because it says that this is our great opportunity. We can kill Saul, get over it, you can become king. We can get up, take care of it. Now look at this. Behold, I will deliver thy enemy into thy hands, that thou mayest do to him, and it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe, robe privately. David left the one Saul. So evidently Saul and Ben probably was just a big detail. So they would be I think it was that for them. And David. Now, David could have cut his neck. Because he's saying, Lord, David could have said, I'm going to say, 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 I'
from K, I rule the rank. Right? So now look at this. Read on. And it came to pass afterwards that David's heart smote him. One translation that appears that it came to pass afterwards that David's conscience bothered. Now here's Saul. Okay. David crept on him, put a slice of neck, brother, got it all with him. He cut up. He just cut a piece of Saul's garment. And the scripture said, his conscience. Now, that's why we read over the Psalms when David said, Touch not my anointing, be my father. Look what David got there. Because his conscience. Bothered him. So he didn't cut Saul's throat. He didn't even cut Saul because his conscience bothered him. He had cut Saul's throat. Why did he bother him? Because Saul was once a donkey by God. And that's why David said, I, I touch not. So when you have a clean heart, this is what the church got to get a little late. Because people come into the church and, and I'm not talking about this on the past, I'm talking spiritual leadership in the church, whatever. They uh, often come to the church and instead of just cutting folks' skirts and gauntlets, they slice the people's throats. Why is that? So they don't have a clean time. So we remember, remember when they beat us, the things that agree with the Holy Spirit, they talked about speaking against. That's the same illustration that, but David, he just cut the garment to Saul, but his father's his conscience. His smoke, his conscience. A conviction. And there's a lot of people in the church. They do certain things where you see people, it doesn't come from their conscience. Why is that? So their conscience is divided. Their conscience is not clean. It's not pure. It's not clear. They're not hearing. They have grieved. So here's David, his father, so that's why he did not kill Saul. So he knew that God wants Paul's son. The required David to do that because David, the word of God, you know, God saved by David. David was a murderer, a monster, uh, fire. What did God say? He's a man of my own. What did God mean by that? 
David. Because once he was convicted by God, afterward he said, Keep that in mind. He was convicted by God. And then afterward, he repented. So that's why I meant that Genesis. David was a man from Alma. David kept, he was like Paul. Acts like book. He strived to have a single. And you say, how can we tell he had a single heart? He was convicted, and then afterward, he repented. Now, let's look at this in the New Matthew 5 and 8. Child molesters will be in heaven versus some church folks. 
And this is going to be in heaven. And this is the church goes going to be in heaven. Right. Because once you get convicted afterward, you repent. And repentance is a gift from God that gets us right back to God. In the lexicon, the word repentance, repentance is to be perceived after. Repentance is to be perceived. Verse 7, you get conviction. Don't override your conscience. You allow God to deal with you. So you proceed and then after that conviction, you repent. You repent. Now, look at this. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. This is Jesus bringing us the river. He said, but what think you? Okay. Jesus said, okay, I don't what y'all think about. He said, a certain man had two sons. And he came to the first son and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. The son, he answered and said, I will not. But uh, I said, they said, look at this. For, for my, I, I will not. But look at this. But afterward, you repent. Okay, why do you repent? This army knows. But as he got a conviction afterward, he repented. Look at this. And went. Okay, go ahead. And he came to the second son and said, Likewise, hey, I thought I need you to go work in the vineyard. The second son, he answered and said, I go, sir. I go, daddy. I'll go. And went not. Thanks, Oh, Daddy. Yes, I'm going to go. Yes, sir. Yes. So he said, Yes, sir. But he didn't go. Go ahead. Now, look at this. Now, Jesus, he asked him a question. He asked another question. What of them swine did the will of the Father? Which one did the will of the Father? And they say unto him, the first, see? We all got first. First thing. The first thing. 
not the second. Now, the first son, even though he told his father no, but then afterwards he repented, everything is clear between him and the father. There's no strife, there's no offense, there's blessing, increase, everything is Right? So Jesus said, okay. Jesus said that to them. Verse after he is. He's been out of town. Now here is Jesus for you. That the publicans and the harlots shall molest him. We just put up. The publicans and the Go into the kingdom of God. What is that? Be holy. And you've been in the church for 30 years. But you know the difference? When they got convicted, afterwards they repented. You got convicted and you override So the chapel must have got convicted. Then after he repented. And Jesus said, He went into the kingdom of God. I changed. And it's the Could you deny repent? Now we live in the day now, repentance like that. The Bible says that that's a dirty word. Give them up. Sit back right with God. And you act well, they could be sick. That keeps your conscience clean. Not repentant, keep your conscience the Come here. Now, look at this. He says, The joke came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believe him not. But the publicans and the harlots believe him. And ye, when you have seen it, repent it not afterwards. of God without repentance will cause offense between you and God. But now your heart is not clean. So the, because the scripture says, he that knows to do good, to do it not, it is sin unto him. So whatever the Holy Spirit is convicting you of, don't override it 
receive it, and then afterwards, repent. Because repentance will keep your heart clean, clear, good. He says, and ye, when you have seen it, repent it not. After that ye, that ye might believe. They got convicted. But they override their conviction. Uh, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, act to peace, patience, or indignant, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God's servant will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So, how can you get in the snare of the devil? Your will will you be to be dead. God has given us a way out. And that way out is the gift of repentance. So if you do not allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit, then afterwards, repent, then you have a defile. Uh, or heart and heart because we get convicted and then afterwards we repent. He repented it. But then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once heard first heard means once once cleansed, person cleansed, should have had no more conscience of sin. Hebrews chapter 9. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkle the unclean, sanctify the purity of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? Who through the eternal spirit offers himself without spot to God, purge or cleanse your conscience from dead work to serve the living God. Well, our Christians cannot serve the living God because they have defiled their conscience. Their conscience because there's somewhere along their work walk with God, 
God convicted them about something, but afterwards they did not repent. So now their their conscience is defiled, it's muddy, it's convoluted, it's dirty. And the reason why they did not repent. The reason why I believe do not does not repent because they talk often. That's why there's no repentance. But when you when you walk in humility, like Paul said, I strive not to have offense to God and to the Lord. So if someone says something to you, I'm talking about in line up with the things of God. And then you feel you said the offense is rising up. When that rising up, that's the Holy Spirit trying to convict you to afterwards repent from it. But when you don't, you just embrace that offense. You are offended towards man or an uh, individual. And once you become offended towards an individual, to offense what God. Now your heart starting to be vile, to be dirty, to be muddy, to be seared, and eventually you'll become hot. You will have a heart and heart. And God has given you and I a way out. That way out yeah. I'm convicted afterward, I repent. And I'm back to God. I mean, my heart is now clean, it is clear that I can hear from So the gift of repentance is Right. Any questions, comments, revelations? Thanks for listening to Faith in the Word podcast. If the Word of God has been a blessing to you today and you want to give unto the ministry, please feel free. Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, 600 Bellwood Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. Or email Pastor Holloway directly at Cecil Holloway at yahoo.com with more options for electronic giving. Thanks for listening. Stay in faith and be blessed.